We have at least one listener who I don't think actually knows any of us in person. Wow. One whole listener? Yeah. This, I is, mean, this one's for you, Look, she's listener. following our We're Twitter very closely, so I hope she's actually listening, because uh, we don't do much with the Twitter. Cool. I mostly retweet swear track. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, the Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and with me today are... Ames. Jake. And Chris. And today, we're here for episode 11, and we're going to be discussing the episodes Tomorrow is Yesterday and Court Martial. Bet you can't guess what happens in that one. In Tomorrow is Yesterday, the Enterprise and its crew are shot around the sun and into the past for some reason? Uh, I bought it. They wind up being spotted by um, military personnel and accidentally uh, destroy an air force. What? No, you're right. I'm just making a face at the episode. No, no, you're <laughs> spot on. It's just that's how dumb the is. I don't even remember is. what I said anymore. Uh, the Enterprise blows Kerblouis uh, an air force jet. And accidentally destroy an uh, Air Force plane uh, that they catch in their tractor beam, which means they have to bring the pilot on board. You know, initially, they're like, oh, we're never going to send him back. He can't tell them what he knows. It'll destroy the future. Um, But then they realize that he has to go back because he's going to beget some sun or other that goes to Saturn. I don't really know. Hijinks continue. They have to break into the base to steal back some tape so that no one will ever know. Oh, it's so bad and so boring. (laughs) Um, It all ends well, I think. It ends. That is good. Um, And in court martial, Captain Kirk is being put on trial for jettisoning a craft and killing a member of his crew before going to red alert. Uh, Hijinks ensue when his tinfoil hat wearing fucking attorney is like, maybe the guy's not even dead, really. And spoiler, he's totally not dead. Uh, He's been hiding on the ship and fucking around with the records and ultimately trying to take his revenge on Kirk for tarnishing his otherwise perfect record by reporting that he, like, didn't close a circuit once. I don't know. Classic revenge story, though. It's really good. Um, and this is why they don't let me do synopses, folks. I thought that was great. I, I think you. I think we found our natural uh, title, Hijinks Ensue. Yes. Oh, did I say it both times? You did. Oh, well, there were lots of hijinks this week. There were so many this hijinks week. this week. So, Excuse me. tomorrow is yesterday, right? right? Is it? Okay, I right? thought tomorrow was tomorrow. Nah. If tomorrow was yesterday, that would mean we'd have to fucking watch that episode again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Groundhog Day of this episode. <laughs> no! Oh my Jeez. god. What's so like, the perfect outcome in that Groundhog Day, though? I don't know. Somehow you keep it from that episode from ever having been made. Mm. See, here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. I love me a good time travel story. That and this was like... Not a good... It was so weird. It was just weirdly done. Well, so what I was going to say about it is, like, I, for example hated shore leave did you but there's there's sort of a joy that can be driven from something that's that bad you know i think a lot of people here hated miri tomorrow is yesterday commits the sin of just being really boring and i don't know if the fact that i sort of remembered how it ends and know that the whole episode is kind of rendered moot 
by the conclusion was part of that. But I was just kind of like, oh, God, is this over yet? Nope. Nope, it isn't. <laughs> well, I don't know. To, to, to me, this episode... So, well, first things first. It's, it's a DC Fontana episode who also wrote, I believe, Charlie X. Hmm. I liked Charlie X. Which is... Was Charlie X the one that was sort of the set, set up time warp as a thing? Yes. Right. So this was supposed to be the... Like, no, no, that was oh, the Naked Time. I'm oh, that sorry. was Naked Time. Yeah, because this was supposed to be the second part of Naked Time. Right, that's right. You talked about that at the time. I'd forgotten. Right. I knew it was one of those early episodes. So, yeah, so we have this idea of time warp. To me, this episode reeks of studio meddling. Like, hmm. that there were probably things that didn't test well in this episode with audiences. And, that, and for that reason, things were changed to make it sillier. Like what? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what the original script would look like, but... I would like, agree that there are too many silly moments. Right. Like, oh, chicken soup. Here's some magical chicken soup. <laughs> yeah, we keep a replicator in the transporter room now, all of a sudden. It will be gone next time you see that wall, Maybe people are often woozy and their blood sugar is low once they've come to pieces and are put back together. I like how chicken soup was one of the four things the guy happened to have, too. Yeah. And, it, like, he had the, the little chips to, to Well, you know, what it is, you know what it is? It's not that each chip is an individual meal. It's that he had, like, a soup course. And it could be any number of soups. You know, he had the entree, dessert, drink. So he's like, all right, soup card, chicken, but does boom. But does the soup card also do salad? Very no, no, he did not have a salad card. It's what a about, damn good thing. What about an amuse-bouche? What? <laughs> An amuse bouche. It amuses your bouche. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's an appetizer. Oh. Which don't. area is the bouche, Caitlin? It's your mouth. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like La Bouche. Remember La Bouche? From the 90s? Sweet Dreams? Want to be my lover? Remember? Anyway. Anyway. All right. Uh, so yeah, if this, was supposed <laughs> to be, if this was supposed to be the second part of, of Naked Time, what would that full... Two hour have even been. Well, I don't think because it, it seems it seems very disjointed. Right. Yeah. And that's why I feel like it probably could have made sense as a two parter if I don't know if this episode were better. Yeah, I think I think I bet you that when when they split it in half and tried to make them both self contained episodes that. They got reworked. They must have gotten reworked a ton. Yeah, something went horribly wrong with this. And one. in fact, I don't think DC Fontana had this original concept. I think they gave it to her, saying this was the other half of, of Naked Time. You fix it. Well, I can see how the base idea of the Enterprise is thrown back in time and you know has to repair the timeline. Yeah, could be good. And that's a great concept. It and is. in fact, it's. A concept that's revisited many times in Star Trek. And I feel like... And other sci-fi. I feel like City on the Edge of Forever yeah. is a do-over. Because it's almost exactly... It's not the same plot, but they think about it. In City on the Edge of Forever, which we haven't gotten to yet. But, uh, spoiler alert, they get thrown back in time. Get out. Um, and they have to repair the time frame. Yeah, and it's basically the same where somebody... You know, within this episode, you have the pilot who has to be returned because his son has a, a great effect on the future. In Edge of Forever, they have to do a thing to do something to somebody who has a great effect on the future. And I won't spoil that. But when do they, like, why later do they have to go back in time to save some whales? Uh, well, they have to say, oh, I'm not going to talk about why they have to save the whales, because that's in the episode. In the okay, movie. all right. That's, it's, there's, so much, there's so much going back in time to production age Earth. <laughs> well, well, get excited, because supposedly the next movie is going to involve time travel. And Kirk 
and Thor Daddy Kirk are going to be fighting side by side in what is sure to not be terrible. Wow. What is, is that true? Happening? Allegedly, yes, they're bringing back Thor. I can't remember his real name. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. And somehow he's going to George be... Kirk. Yes. Oh, that, that, was, oh my that God. was his dad? I hope George's shirt rips as often as James's. Mm. But yeah, now Star Trek in time travel, it's always a crapshoot. Like, half the time you get City on the Edge of Forever and Voyager. Star Trek Four. Half the time you get this and that one where Voyager goes to the 90s. <laughs> Oh, but that had, like, young Sarah Silverman as an over-the-top nerd girl. Oh my god, I forgot she was in that. So, as herself. I was going to say the same thing. That'll be interesting to see then. Hmm. At the time, I wouldn't have known her from Adam. Now I know who she is. Right. That's interesting. Um, But yeah, no, Star Trek and time travel have a long history, no pun intended, and it's always (laughs) interesting. It's fraught, right? I mean, it's hard to do a time travel episode that makes total sense. Mm. Um, the ending of this one made zero sense. None whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, the do we want to talk about that? Let's go right to it. Let's it go really right to does that. Just... So I wrote down, what did I write down? I wrote down, are they putting major, was he a major or a captain? I think it was a captain. I think it flipped. Even though they gave him a lieutenant Colonel. stripe on his shirt, right. which is bullshit. Okay, are they putting Captain Christopher back into his timeline or are they just making it so they never encountered him? Or are they jamming him into his own body so he's now a double man? Yes. <laughs> that's that what one. it looked like. Yeah, because yeah, it looked like looked... they were were they like replacing the Christopher, but then when after they did the beaming, he's looking around confused. Yeah. Why like, did the Enterprise disappear? What the fuck happened? He doesn't seem to have and I think they said he wouldn't have any knowledge of what had happened. But if they could do that, what if they, why did this episode happen? Because they needed to kill time until Spock figured out maybe we just go around the sun again? Yeah. And then after that, it was like, so assuming my sun theory isn't crazy, this theory makes a ton of sense about the beaming and the mind wiping. And you're just like, what? It's so weird. It's so weird. that It's also like especially odd to me that it's so precise. Yeah. That they can go down to like the millisecond of, okay, we'll put Christopher back now and we'll put the police officer guy back now and they're right in the right bodies and then after going back and forward they can jump 200 years in the future and be fine yep and yeah that's got 200 years in the future so now it's the 2100s last week it was the 2700s right. so well, really i feel like kirk may have been making a joke that's true when he said the 200 years thing but yeah they're still not quite clear on the time timeline potentially yeah. but yeah no, that that like there's so many questions that the ending raises like even if say i accept that Going back and forward and whatever, you put him back into himself, and that wipes his memory. Really, you should just there should kill still, him. There you should, should now just be kill the spare guy. Well, there should now be two enterprises there. The one that's <laughs> dropped him off. Oh my god, there should. And the one that like the one that's already flying away slowly shouldn't just magically disappear. Right. That doesn't that doesn't make that that yeah that didn't make sense to me because you know when once they beamed Christopher back, he still should have seen been seeing the enterprise that he was looking at. Because that Enterprise was still there. Maybe they beamed themselves back into their other Maybe, maybe they beamed the Enterprise <laughs> into the Enterprise. Boxes within boxes, everyone. And again, the it's not that... just the whales, Captain. It's the water. Yeah. <laughs> but it, that, and that's what annoys me about this one. is Because I sat there the whole time no, remembering exactly how this one ended. And knowing, like, literally nothing they are doing here matters. And that is... That's a kind of ending that sadly does not just in Star Trek, but in a lot of science fiction, especially where time travel is involved or weird dimensional bullshit. It's just like, oh, so this episode actually didn't matter. 
thanks. Like, it, mm. I, I know that you still experienced a story in an event, and even if it's really well done, I personally can never quite escape this feeling of, did you technically just waste my time? I mean, we learned some interesting things about, like, warp and stuff, even though I was, sure. weirded, I was weirded out by warp a little bit. So they went to warp 8 to go around the sun. Mm-hmm. Yes? That's a thing That's that happened? That's what they said. Isn't warp 8 supposed to be absurdly fast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should have arrived at the sun in, like, 0.2 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Because whenever we see them at, like, warp 5 or warp 4 and they're flying around, there's stars whipping by. Well, well, you see, you see, according to certain certain sources, at some point between the original series era and next-gen era, warp gets recalculated. And so what the original series calls warp whatever in the next gen would have been warp 2 or something. Except that's bullshit because then Enterprise doesn't seem to acknowledge any of that. And it's never said canonically and it's dumb, so ignore it. But, yeah. They use warp 10 to go around the sun and voyage home, don't they? Possibly. I think part of it, too, is that the, the gravitational well, the idea, sort of starts to pull them faster than their engines could theoretically have pulled them to, pushed them around. Yeah, they get accelerated, the slingshot effect, yeah. they get accelerated by the sun's gravity to go any faster than they... Even faster than warp 8? Yeah, I hmm. think that's that's the, that's the idea. Like, you can't achieve time warp using just your warp engines. You need to go faster than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only way to do that is with a, with a large gravitational thing. Which the most convenient one is normally a star. Yeah. But yeah. in theory, you could do it with any sort of you can do it with Jupiter well. and stuff. So. Yeah. Possibly. I think they did that with um, New Horizons when it went to Pluto. They sent, yeah, yeah. They sent the New Horizons no. back to the 60s? <laughs> yes. That's no, exactly. to the 27 No, I mean, that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, when if you actually, it's the way that they do, they use gravity in present day space travel is very interesting. Yeah, if you ever look at like an animation of the moonshot, for example, it's very cool because they take off from the Earth and they're not even heading towards the moon. And then they basically have to orbit the Earth to pick up speed and then shoot out toward the, not even, still not even toward the moon, but just out into space. And then the moon swings the around moon catches up. and catches them. Yeah, I I, I've, I remember reading that before. I was being like, man, those astronauts had a lot of... Astronauts? Astronauts had a <laughs> lot of faith in the mathematicians there. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, okay, we promise you guys are going to crash right into it at just the right time. Are you sure? And did you have to say crash? Yeah, it makes it even more amazing when you think about the, the Apollo 13 mission where shit went wrong. So wrong. And they still made it home. Yeah, no, that's insane. Like, not only did they not die on the ship, like, they still were able to make the ship do the right thing and head back to Earth. Yeah. Like, the, the you know, it's, it's, it's really impressive. It is. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, so I guess that is the, the one thing this, this episode does that is important for the future of Star Trek is establishing the slingshot effect for Time War, which possibly was inspired by, you know, real-life NASA things. Yeah. They mentioned the first moonshot here. I think don't they aren't they, they only off by a day or something? Uh well that's the here's the thing. They don't give a they, date, but they give a day of the week. They give yeah, they got the day of the week right cuz the, okay. the original um moonshot took place on a Wednesday and okay. they said the the rocket is being launched on next Wednesday or whenever it was, which places this uh this episode in 1969 only we wouldn't have known that then, which is very interesting because I don't think uh, NASA had a specific date picked out to to do a moon launch. And I think some people were, were estimating 1970s, mm. but like they state, like Kirk states, oh, that will put us in the late 19, uh, in the 1960s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got it right. 
That's well, that's it. because uh, the moon landing was a conspiracy, mm. and obviously the people at Paramount were in on... Gene yeah. Roddenberry was sitting around with Stanley Kubrick one day, who was like, Gene, Gene, I just got the coolest job. I'm not supposed to tell anybody about it, or they'll kill me in 30-odd years when I make a weird movie. But I don't care, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, they got so they got the date of the moon landing pretty close, but... The suggestion that someone who could have been Captain uh, Christopher's son yeah. could have been the first person on Saturn—that Saturn, was a little off. Because would, assuming this 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 person would have been born in the early seventies, let's yeah, say. let's be let's give it a few years. Let's say nineteen seventy-five. Let's sure. put it on the outside. The yeah. outside. Well, he already has two kids. He probably is going to get to work. I mean, right, right away. Well, sure. But as soon I'm, as he's let's home, say seventy-five. Yeah, let's be, get, yeah. give the benefit of the doubt. Honey, they said I have a son. Get in the bed. That person would be in their forties now. Yep. Um, and probably not going to be going to Saturn. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. They said he was part of the first Saturn probe. They said nothing about it being manned. Hmm. He could have just been the guy at the computer whenever, what was Cassini the one we sent to Saturn? Mm. Maybe he just ran Cassini. I felt like they, they did say probe, but I felt like they later implied... They Yeah, no, they totally implied he was like going there himself. Going I'm just to trying Saturn. to hand wave mm. it, because, yeah, no, that was way off. But, again... There's there starts to be very real differences between Star Trek and real life pretty soon. Yeah. For um, example, we, as far as I know, did not have the eugenics wars 20 years ago. That's true. Hmm. You know, what else is kind of cool is they talk about um, so they got blasted back in time from, from going around like a high-gravity black star, mm. which is presumably a black hole, but they hadn't been named black holes yet in 1967. Oh, mm. cool. I didn't realize it took so long to name black holes. Yeah, they amazing. named them, I think, in the 70s. Would they, huh. But they knew that they were there? Yeah, they knew they were things, but they I don't think they, they coined what the fuck they so were. So maybe like. Black Star was like... Because they knew they were star-like. They knew that they were large centers of gravity, but they didn't know necessarily. Yeah, like maybe that's where people were sort of dubbing them informally. Yeah. But then when, when the time came, they were like, we can call them Black Stars, which sounds kind of metal. Or we call them Black Holes, which sounds kind of boring. That's a little depressing. And also, yeah. Black Star is a, is a shitload more accurate, right? A be- little bit. Because they're not a... Yeah. Black hole isn't a hole. No. It's a thing. It's a giant thing. Yeah, whenever someone talks about Black Hole, you, you think like Wormhole, which is different. Yeah. yeah. Big um, sinkhole in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. yeah black, black star, I think, would be a more accurate term for what a black hole is. Yeah, hmm. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write the science people. 1970s I'll, I'll, science I'll people. Tweet Neil Bill Nye, Tyson. I know you're a listener. <gasps> we uh, love you, Bill. Get on this. I know you're at the Planetary <laughs> Society. Let's let's get whoa, this going. Whoa, you don't speak for me. You don't love Bill Nye. I don't love Bill Nye. <gasps> I was a Beekman's World girl. Well, Beekman's World is great, too. Being fair, though, Beekman was just an actor. Bill Nye's actually a scientist. No, I know. Bill Nye's actually he's awesome. Also, he's just, also I'm making lot, lots of lots of great issues prominent. No, no, no. no. Yes. I, I'm just kidding. I, I actually do really like Bill Nye. I have a lot of respect for Bill Nye. Cool. Speaking of scientists, so we meet we meet Captain Christopher, mm-hmm. who's, like, befuddled at everything that he sees on the Enterprise. Here's another... A woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of these. It's amazing. He's He's befuddled. But, uh, oh god, I took a cool note. Cool as a cucumber. You guys though. have yeah. women on your staffs? Listen, Christopher, keep it to, keep it to yourself. Like, so he's, he's, he's befuddled. He's the guy from the past. But Kirk didn't think maybe pulling this guy out of his own time will fuck shit up. But he does. You know, he goes like, well, wait a minute, though. Won't pulling me out of the past fuck things up? And Kirk <laughs> is like, uh... And then Spock is like, you don't matter, asshole! <laughs> 
And then ten minutes later, I forgot to check on your descendants. That's not a Spock-like thing to do. He would have. He would have known. He would have figured that it, out. It's a weird mistake for him to make. If to it's be the like, I'm not going to check too. your entire. Yeah, like it'd be one thing if it was like, all right. So it turns out this guy that doesn't even remotely have your last name because he's born in 150 years can't exist if you don't get back to Earth and get to fucking. Or even like, like, oh, if your great 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 grandson happened across the path of some other guy, yeah, like, tripped him, and that like catapulted. It wasn't a subtle thing that you think he could miss. It's Spock. Kirk makes that fuck up? Sure. Kirk, you know, likes the path of least resistance. But Spock's thorough. Mm. Your great-great-great-great-great-grandson is James Kirk? Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Who wants to bet that at one point they were thinking of doing Ooh, that? Ooh, that'd be funny. You know, just like, oh, it basically they, they pre-wrote Back to the Future. Kirk just starts fading. They're like, what's going on? And Spock's like, ah, ball sacks. <laughs> Kirk, guess what? <laughs> There's a reason reason you both have roguish charm. Because <laughs> that's inherited via DNA. Duh. Uh, yeah. So what, yeah, anything else? I mean, oh, you know, there were some things that I found to be charming about this episode. Like, oh, yeah. Like the MP that gets, gets beamed aboard and just stays in the transporter yes! pad for like five yes, minutes. the pose. He holds the pose. Yeah. Oh, my that's, God. That, that thing, like, I, I remember saying, you know, Captain Christopher, he was taking everything really well he's like huh okay military guy military police guy reacted more like i think most people would yeah just like it's bigger on the inside. i'm shitting my pants yeah for days <laughs> i can't move or it will seep oh, and, no. and who can forget the amazing fight choreography oh, in the photo lab right. so good <laughs> so good there was so much leaping and tumbling yeah that it would make sense if it were like on like the planet they where you're fighting the, the Gorn the, where there's the room great Walendas to do their fight choreography oh, they were acrobatting all over the freaking place. I did enjoy that the colonel was uh, he was that guy who uh, if you've seen the original Willy Wonka in the little montage of like other people trying to find the golden tickets there's the woman whose husband has been taken hostage and there's the uh, hostage negotiator who's like it's your husband's life or your case of Wonka bars and she's like can I think about it? How long, that's, do, I have, that's, how long do I have to think it over? Yeah but the hostage negotiator in Willy Wonka that's him I as don't the even colonel. remember that scene. Yeah, I remember oh, that scene man. at all. That's that oh, sounds yeah. really dark for a children's movie. It that really is. Movie's really dark. I was going to say, that movie's pretty fucked yeah. up. They but yeah. kill, like, five kids. <laughs> <laughs> four okay kids. Four kids. One of them gets put in the incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that they're off every other Tuesday. Maybe. Mm. But yeah, no. It, it, but yeah, listeners, if you, if you haven't get a chance, just find that scene. The, the colonel that's interrogating Kirk is the hostage negotiator in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. not really a hostage negotiator. He's probably, like, a detective. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I think he's he's not credited, so there's no formal name for but didn't him. Did he have one of those gun holsters? He did. He's like he's things? he's a policeman or an FBI agent or something. But either which way, mm-hmm. same guy. That was fun. I thought, hey, I think that's that guy. And then he talked, and I was like, that's not that guy. He's got a twin. So I was also thinking. So so they have to. Well, there's, there's a moment where they're talking about, you know, Captain Christopher and how they, they realize they have to send him back. And besides, he'd be no use. He'd be obsolete in our future world. And I'm thinking to myself, aren't there myriad instances in, in future episodes where they, like, take some random Joe off of nowhere land and like, well, we'll just let you be in Starfleet. I mean, Star Trek. Or at least, like, let them be, like, Voyager. the coffee guy. He could be a historian for fuck's Yeah. Sake. Yeah, well, especially, you got to figure... The Eugenics War is not that they've written that episode yet, maybe, but Eugenics War happened 20 years later. 
How spotty are you willing to bet their records of, like, mid-20th century Earth history are? Hmm. Yeah, really. If he and McGivers had gotten together, we could have avoided the whole con thing, really. Mm. I mean... Yeah, I mean, and there's other times in Star Trek when they take... In fact, in Star Trek Four, they take the, that what's-her-face... Though that one, they do justify it, because they're just like, we literally don't have whale biologists in the 23rd century. Everything else is going to confuse you, but in this one realm, mm. you're a superstar. Even though, I mean, there isn't some sort of whale-like creature on some planet they found that could adapt their skills, but never never mind. No, I'm sure there's plenty of people in the future that could deal with whale biology. It's totally convenient, though, isn't it? It's very convenient. And it's especially because then she, like, blows him off. Because he's like, wait, I thought we were going to be together. And she's like, peace, I got a science vessel now, bitch. Mm. That's the other thing. They claim it's so she can chill with whales, but then they send her off into space? Yeah, that's Star Trek space 4, though. We'll, we are, we'll we'll get we are we'll get decades that. away from that at this point. Well. well also, um, like, it just, but this whole episode just seems to be a series <laughs> of really bad calls from Captain Kirk. You know, it's like, oh god, if this thing shoots at us, you know, it could destroy, it could fuck us up. If it has nuclear missiles, which, I mean, like, they're using that casually. So let's put it in our tractor beam? Yeah, instead and of... And for some reason, it's unstable enough that it won't survive the tractor beam? Well, if it was too fragile. It's old and It cheap. looked like a pretty decent... decent. Yeah, uh, apparently that's uh, how strong the tractor plane. beam is. Yeah, well, you gotta figure Why that... Why would you want that strong a tractor Listen, beam? Listen, the tractor beam does its kegels. Don't shame it. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, it's, well, my thing, at first my thought was, guys, just put up your shield. And they're oh, maybe the shields are broken. But then two minutes later when they're in space, Scotty is, or Spock is like, deflector's up, sir. It's like, what the fuck? Mm. Then why didn't you just turn on your deflectors and run from the tiny airplane instead of tractor beam? And Spock is like, you know, might not survive the tractor beam. And Scotty's like, hey, we got the tractor beam already. Kirk had time to go, wait, hold on. Hold. Spock said a thing, but he's just like, I'm good. Let's see what happens. And then, oh, look at that. Expo- well, let's beam the guy up. Oh, 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 let's beam up this other guy. Do, 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 do. Let's sneak into the base well, and try to be- ninja. They beamed up the other guy by accident. By mistake. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's fair. I'll take that one back. But it all could have been avoided if just, like, instead of insisting on sneaking around the base, apparently Captain Christopher has a fucking photographic memory and could draw them a map of a place he hadn't been in a year, which well done him. Since he'd done that, why not just beam directly into the room you need to steal thing one? Beam out, beam directly in a steel thing too, and like I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, well, then we would have an episode. Huh. And here's the thing: that's allowable to an extent. You know, like any sort of episode of a show or any movie, there's like if stupid thing X didn't happen, you wouldn't have a plot. The problem is, I feel like almost every moment in this episode was one of those moments. Like there were no natural, organic moments. They were all, if X doesn't happen, we don't have a plot. And if all of your moments are that, then you don't have an episode. I just want to say, though, yes. that your point about why didn't they just have him draw the shit? Because he only did that afterwards because he was like, well, I'm not going to take you down. unless you're, No, I'm no not the first gonna... time he drew the map, the second time he was all like, I have to go with you. Hmm. What? This episode's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, Thank you, Kate. Yeah. I said, fuck you, during this episode, like, 45 times. Mm. And you guys, because you, Jake and Ames, because you guys watched the new version. Yeah, we watched uh, the version. remastered. You didn't get to see the really, really 
awesome special effect of the fucking Enterprise with like a really clear black outline floating across Ah. some clouds and like legitimately looking like someone was just like bobbing it up and down like it was on a fucking string. Oh, that's sad. Oh, it was bad. I think the remaster looks pretty okay. When they go around the sun, the sun looks pretty damn good. Well, you know, that's... I can remember watching the special features for, and stay with me here, uh, for Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Beca- and they were taught, you know, and this was for the special edition uh, mm-hmm. in the 90s. And they had, and the, the special effects guy that was talking was saying how in the original scenes on Hoth, in that movie, they had a really hard time doing traveling mats over a light background. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, traveling mat is when you, you know, you basically do a chroma key and you have a cutout of this, of the stuff that you're pasting over. In space, where... It's like a shadow puppet. Sure. (laughs) Um, Exactly. So in space, it's easy because you don't have to be perfect with it, right? Because it's going to just have a dark Mm, outline against the stars. Against a dark outline. Um, but then when they were doing it on the Hoth scenes with the very light background, right. they had a real hard time with that. So in the original Star Wars before the special edition, they made it work by like changing the you know the the relative opaqueness of the of different things. So like when you're in the speeder and you have that the the pilot's perspective, the speeder is actually and you can see this in the original. The speeder is transparent. Like you can see the mountains and shit through the through the panels of oh, the speeder. Holy shit! It's funny. So it's pro- probably the reason it looks so shitty in yeah. Star Trek is because they didn't even have the a the budget and ten more years worth of special effects knowledge to make that yeah to make that look even remotely good. Yeah, no, and it it, it would be one thing if it was just the sort of not workingness of the effect. But it's also like Caitlin said, the way the ship moves is so... Like, you just feel like there was a kid off off screen just kind of moving his arm up and down rapidly. Got, I got a like, fishing pole and I got the Enterprise. Yeah, it's yeah, like, at least like, if literally. the movement was smoother, you'd be like, you know what, I'll forgive you the crappy outline if, like, it would just move like the Enterprise does. And then they kept putting it at, like, stupid angles. It would be yeah. like a fucking 45-degree angle, like, jutting across the screen. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And, and it was like, this it was is like, not how this works. It was at a 45-degree angle and moving forward, but not saucer first, like, front of the deflector dish first. <laughs> it was really it, fucking It was silly. Puma Man, <laughs> but with a spaceship. Puma yeah. Man? Oh, yeah. But yeah, boy, we have spent a lot of time talking about this shitty okay, episode. Okay, I got, I got one more thing before right. we move on, and that's how amazing was it that the female-dominated planet, Signet 14, overhauled the computer's personality. <gasps> how could I forget? So she sassed at Kirk. That was the best part of this episode, and I completely forgot well, it. Well, I'm glad to bring it, it was, back but, up you know, Here's Caitlin. the thing, though. It was, it was great, but it was so out of place in this episode. Like, what was the purpose of that. I don't care. It was awesome. Something has to give Kirk a boner every episode. Even if it's Majel Barrett using a sultry voice. Mm. Computing. It does seem weird, though, that, like, like, on the one hand, yes, it's sassism, but on the other hand, it all seems to be kind of, like, hitting on him a lot, and you're just like... I wonder what their adventure on Signet 14 was. That's an episode I want to see. <laughs> also, I like that, that the, uh, you know, Captain Christopher... That's an Christopher, X-rated episode. <laughs> Captain Christopher's like, you're... Sh- you're your computer's a woman? Like, that's funny. And Kurt never bothered to say, well, it normally is, but it's normally not this. Mm. He's just like, yeah, I don't fucking know. Bitches, <laughs> am I right? Yeah, no, the, I, I do think the best computer thing was when Kirk, like, dissed it. 
And it's like, okay, dear. (laughs) You fix yourself, but you go on the scrap heap. (laughs) His feelings are really hurt. It was so sad. I loved it. Turns out Signal 14's actually already worked out really advanced AI. They just haven't Mm. told anyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had a personality. A weird fucking personality, but a personality. Uh, It had a really normal personality. No one in the galaxy can resist (laughs) Captain Kirk. I'm going to say that this was probably um, the uh, Enterprise records keeper fucking with Kirk. Because it was attempted psychological warfare before just trying to frame him for his murder, which is what he does in court martial. Good segue, Jake. Segue. Uh, yeah, so court in court martial. Oh god. <laughs> I don't know. I might I don't know. I might be I might actually like this episode. It's I I'm I'm Jerry's still up for me. Oh, I definitely <laughs> liked it. Uh, that was good. <laughs> I, I, I like to point out first though a couple you know one one thing that I thought was very interesting and again another demonstration of Star Trek being progressive is that Kirk's boss in this episode is a black guy mm. yeah which yeah Commodore Commodore Stone and yeah. one of the other starship captains who's at the um, court martial I forget his name but he was uh, you know he was probably supposed to be either of Indian or. You know, that general yeah, part of definitely, Asia. Definitely had that sort of descent. I, I missed the name, so I don't quite remember, and I'm not an expert on that region, but somewhere from the, the Indian subcontinent, Southeast Asia region, and it was just, again, very very matter-of-fact. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I was surprised so much, but I was just like, oh, well, good, on, nice. good on you, Star Trek, for yeah. making mm. his boss the, the black guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the prosecuting attorney, a, a woman who was also Kirk's ex. Yeah. Which should totally, like... Conflict of interest. Much? I know. That's, I thought that's the same illegal, thing. right? And she meets with him to tell him. Like, and recommends a lawyer. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, I couldn't, you know, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't defend you. That would blah blah blah, whatever. And it's like, oh, hopefully no one finds out that you mm. were just talking to the attorney for the other side as you're having a drink in public where everyone can see you and knows who you are because apparently you all went to the academy together, even though your ages range like all over the spectrum, <laughs> but you're all from the same graduating class. Oh yeah, Finney looked like he could have been way older. Than I thought well, Finney was, was older. Finney, Finney, Finney was, older? was an instructor when Kirk was there. Oh, and then that's how was that works. Yeah, and he had, I, I noticed see. that he actually outranked Kirk at the time that the original the yes. thing that he was yeah, pissed off Kirk about. Kirk was an ensign, ensign at the time. and he was a lieutenant. Yeah. Uh, so Kirk ratted out a higher ranking officer. I mean, that's what you have to do. That's his his prerogative is to report everything that happened. Yeah, no, he definitely did the right thing, Kirk, in the, you know, going back years. Yeah, it was it was inter- I mean, I, I get the sense that the impact so so basically the the Finney's conceit is that Kirk ratted him out for leaving this circuit open. For doing something wrong. For doing something wrong, for putting the ship at jeopardy. And that that one infraction has permanently damaged his career and and kept him in as a perpetual subordinate. I I never entirely bought that. Well, yeah, I think that that he uses Kirk as a scapegoat. Yeah, Yeah, He's probably a shitty officer. Well, Kirk even said he spent an unusually long time in the academy as an instructor and all this. Like, it's clever because they never outright say it, but there's enough little hints going on that you're like, yeah, no, I mean, Finney seems to have focused on this one moment as having destroyed his life, but in reality, he was probably never going to command. I mean, he, when his resulting, I don't know, mental breakdown or whatever happens at the 
at the very end makes him want to kill everyone on the ship, including well, himself. Well, he wants to kill the brass, right? Because he think because I think it, by the end he's sort of like, yeah, he's, y'all. He knows are he's, he knows down. he's lost. Yeah. And now it's just I might as well take everyone down with yeah, me. The man is keeping me down, so fuck y'all. Yeah, pretty sure he wouldn't have made it through the mental health check to be a captain. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm, I'm sure they'd already sort of, even in his early days, they were like, ooh, never put this man in charge of anything nicer than a freighter. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, because you would assume that it's almost the fact that he is a lieutenant commander, which T-I-L, uh, also Bones and Spock, evidently, are yeah. also lieutenant commanders. Yeah, like... McCoy, I knew Spock. I'd always yeah. assumed was a commander. Yeah, I think I think that was just an incongruity in the first season ish because mm-hmm. I think they create. They, they think they fix it coming up. Yeah, I think I don't think you technically you know you don't have to be a commander to be first officer, but because they do that as the norm in Star Trek going forward, it just caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, so if if anything, the fact that Kirk. Has Finney as a relatively high-ranking yeah. position on the Enterprise shows that Kirk is reaching out to him. I mean, has case. him on the Enterprise. Yeah, I mean, you if know, he was really, if Kirk was really that felt that shitty about the guy, he would he would wouldn't have wanted him on the ship. Yeah, well, no, if I'm he sure. doesn't have him on the ship, how can he kill him while yeah. in yellow alert? I mean, I mean, well, here's the thing, right? I want to talk to whoever at Starfleet designed the fucking panel that has the yes. the kill crew man button right, <laughs> right next below. to the red alert. alert. It's yeah. also it's like, on oh, your, shit. It's also on your freaking armrest. You could bump that at any time. You yeah. could put your coffee down on it by accident and kill everyone. You know how many people Janice killed by accidentally putting his coffee there? <laughs> three. Exactly three. Yeah, don't get in, go, don't go in the ion pod. That's my rule. Which why do they have that? What is they explain what exactly yeah. the ion pod is and why it has to be this pod that can be and has to be apparently in bad circumstances. Well, apparently, it's something that you have to use dirt when you're traveling through an ion storm. Yep. So maybe it's like maybe it's like a little thing that you get to like shoot the ions with. Pew 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 pew. pew, pew. It's like asteroid. I wish. <laughs> God, I like it. Like, oh, we got oh, there's an ion cloud. Shoot that! Pew pew. Wait, it's also I was I couldn't remember, but like the fact that he even has buttons for the alerts. Like normally, doesn't he just shout the yeah, alert yellow status alert. and someone else pushes a button? So someone else rushes a... to his chair and pushes his <laughs> sets his coffee down. Mr. Oh, Sean, yellow alert. <sighs> yes, Captain. Basically, like up, up until this episode, it's always just seemed like he says yellow, yellow or red alert. Either someone else pushes the button or the computer, you know, that really intelligent computer they have, just goes, got it, and turns the lights to red. He goes, there you go. So, like, all of a sudden he's got this panel, which, yes, again, they, like, let's cluster these four buttons, including the, as Jake dubbed it, kill crewman button, really close together. What was the fourth button? Anybody knows? It was unlabeled. Damn it. So like, Unlabeled yeah. button. Yeah, so it's like, they just They just press it all day. What is this doing? <laughs> I assumed that was probably just the return to status normal button. Mm. Oh, the maybe. reset. Green alert or whatever the hell it's <laughs> called. I mean, it, it's obvious that the, bu- that the buttons were there as a plot device. Yeah, it's obvious the buttons had been labeled for that episode. This and... is the everything is normal alarm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it just plays elevator music. The MBTA needs do, that do, fucking do, alarm. Do, do, mm. It would never go off. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> 
I normally hate courtroom drama. It just makes me angry uh, because there's like it's just a fucking game. It's always a fucking game to get for, for like you know the attorney on either side to get someone to say what they want them to fucking say yeah. so that it can have been said. So it's like, Doc, is it possible that Kirk could actually have hated Finney? Uh, no. But is it possible? No. But is it actually possible? Would someone object for badgering the witness? Oh my god, it's so infuriating listening to fucking lawyer talk. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, it's almost never, of course, how it works in reality. I mean, even just the fact that, what the fuck was Kirk's lawyer's name? Cogley. Cogley. The fact that Cogley was surprised by the evidence the prosecution submitted, it's like, that's yeah. not how court works. Yeah, yeah no, he would have You have to let the side know. Yeah. Well, maybe not in the 23rd century. How do we know? Space well, I mean, it doesn't make sense that, that the defense would not have access to... Yeah, them. no. Like, surprise evidence. I mean, it's very much a television trial. Yeah, no, there's no such mm. thing as surprise witness or evidence in real trial. That yeah. immediately disqualifies the whole fucking trial. Right. I did notice... You know, and again, I hate, I, we do it all the time, but I hate to go too far into the future, but I noticed parallels between the court-martial here and the court-martial that will later happen in TNG. It's not really a court-martial, it's, uh, it's an episode where Data is on trial for, for whether or not he's a human. For jettisoning, for jettisoning, yeah. Uh, yes. That's interesting, because in this one, they're all about the computer's fallibility. Yeah. So and, the, and they even talk an awful lot about, you know, how uh, humans have rights and computers don't have rights. And, and Cogley's like, oh, my books are great because I hate the fucking computer. I right. don't trust the computer because I have all these books. Which is an interest, which is you know stuff that's happening today an awful lot with like ebooks and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, later in, in TNG, we're going to see the opposite trial where it's a computer going on trial for yeah. to determine whether or not he's a, a, a real boy. <laughs> um, but one thing that one parallel that was Blue like fairy. was a direct connection that I liked, and I like that they did in this episode is in uh, when they're reading off all of Kirk's commendations and accomplishments, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, we can skip this, and then the lawyer's like, no, we should hear it all. And, and he listens for t- to like two or three yeah. more. He's like, just kidding, let's go. He's like, oh my god, this really this is, is boring. Long. This is ten minutes of accomplishments. I've yes. made my point. Fuck me, I didn't realize every little dot on your chest was a individual merit badge. Some of them are ingrown hairs. <laughs> um, that guy, actually, since we were talking about Shirley, he Cogley? was in uh, the Maltese Falcon, among many other things. But you know, perhaps the most most notably most famous. Yeah, apparently the guy who played Cogley, whose name I didn't write down because I'm a fool, uh, was oh, terrible at remembering his lines. So they he had was... to like kind of patch together his scenes. He was older by then. Uh, he was also in actually uh, what is it, House on Haunted Hill, the original one, obviously with with Vinnie Price. And all those other people. I was so excited when he went full tinfoil hat. It was oh just like, goodness, yeah. what if? <laughs> Stick with me, guys. What if, what's the name, Finny? Finny, yeah. What if Finny isn't dead? Because there's only three people that would have access to tamper with the video, <laughs> with the video evidence. Captain Kirk... Mr. Spock and your records officer. And who was your records officer? Holy shit! Which, okay, I've got a couple problems here, which were in my notes. One, you got a ship of 400 odd people, and you don't have backup records officers? Hmm. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. The thing that bothers me more how the fuck does the Enterprise computer work that messing with a visual record breaks the chess program? Oh, uh, well, it's. Especially with Spock's chess program. It's not unusual for, like, fucking with code 
in an unrelated area affecting something else, though. Like, even... You forget to close the tag here, it's gonna fuck, it's gonna fuck everything up there. I know, I just, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's astounding to think that those are somehow even on the same... Well, we could, well, here's this. So let's, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with a hypothetical headcanon to address your concern. Let's say that, so, so Spock said that he made the chess program a few, what did he say, a few weeks ago, a few months ago? So like months or weeks, yeah, very um, recently. A, a while ago. So let's say that Finney, it's say that it's a pain in the ass to, it, we're going to assume it's a big pain in the ass yeah, to change a visual world. I'd like to think so. So let's say that Finney creates, months and months ago, a computer backup and does all of the work to, 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 you know, to set it up so that he can easily adjust the visual record in his backup. Mm-hmm. And then, when the opportunity presents itself with the the pod situation, he just uploads his backup and changes and changes the um, the visual record. Now in now in his copy of the computer, which the backup was taken before Spock made his chess program, so we're back to the original computer chess. Oh, which he was u- he was using a test instance. Yeah. He swapped it in for the prod, and so, because he hadn't backed it up, that's exactly. That's You're my, so smart, Jake. That's, that's my that's my headcan. As a as a computer guy, that would be how. That's how you would rig up a ship. Yeah, they restored it. <laughs> Brilliant. I I love it, Jake. Yeah. That's great. That doesn't fix uh, Spock's program, though. Well, Spock's gonna have to. Which clearly, how sick of losing to Kirk at chess must Spock have been to be like, you know what? I'd rather play play the computer and only ever be able to get at best a draw than keep losing to this illogical prick. (laughs) That actually that even comes up. Well, that's that's what spurs it. Is Kirk is all like, oh, maybe you can beat your next captain at chess. Mm. Yeah, and he was being a little bitchy on that phone call, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he, he was just told, like, you know, you're gonna fucking be court-martialed, or you're gonna fucking um, be be thrown out of Starfleet. Which in act- in go on? Actually, it's reminded me, Jake, of your uh, your your the piece you wrote for our Tumblr about corrupt admirals. You know, the the Commodore for Starbase Eleven isn't an admiral, but still, he was very ready to just be like, "Look, Kirk, just say you were tired, and we'll pretend that this whole thing didn't happen for the good of the service." So even then, early days laying down this mm. idea that like the minute you get a desk job in Starfleet, you just go so wrong. Yep, sweep everything under the rug so that there's not a tarnish to anyone's name. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a common thing in Starfleet. There's some some definite, and you know that's probably true of even the terrestrial military today. Sure. Well, it's definitely police yeah. forces and, and exactly. that that yeah. brotherhood thing where you know you right. We don't want to bring a bad name on on our organization. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was funny to see just just so early on, right away, like, oh, yep, Starfleet Brash is trying to make everything fine. Mm-hmm. He was so mad when Kirk was like, No, I want fairness, not typical Starfleet bunkum. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of the gyms is being feisty, ladies and gentlemen. Blackie. Um I think I noticed actually just minor thing, but you know, when when the Commodore is introducing the the staff, like the guys to his right are both supposed to be starship captains. And, you know, one is in the sort of lime green dress shirt, but the other's in blue. And you're just like, wait, that guy's a starship captain, but he's officially medical or science. That's that's interesting. Slightly well, different. Dr. Crusher. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they eventually... The, 
what was she captain of the Pasteur? Pasteur, yeah. Well, maybe it's like having different. Um, what the fuck is it called? Um, when you graduate and you get like different degrees and different the accoutrement of the gown and the. So you're saying it's basically that even though this guy's command now, his dress shirt is still gonna be medical. Yeah, because like that's he his majored main. in medical or yeah. some shit. Because I feel like even in the what you're referencing, I feel like they still had Crusher yeah, in I think she wasn't command a red, red. A red shirt. Yeah, so the fact that his his dress uniform was still medical science blue. Mm. Also, unlike the last episode where we saw the dress uniforms, they seem to have found some red material for the dress uniforms. Yeah. Because I bitched about that last time. Yeah, <laughs> although Scotty wasn't in this episode, no. so he didn't get to wear one. Nope. Oh, poor buddy. <laughs> although um, I did like I did like Jamie's little sailor suit. My first note for this episode is literally fucking Sailor Mercury there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, the, little, the little back capelet was cute, but I thought the skirt was very strange. Well, it seemed to be made of strips of material yeah. as opposed to pleated. Like, when she was standing, it looks like it's probably just pleated. But at one point, she sits, and it's breaking in weird ways. And I think, that's just strips of silver material. What school do you go to? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you're 35. I know you're probably supposed to be 16 or something. Although she but... did have one of uh, four approved little girl faces from the 60s. <laughs> that's true. She had, she, she, had, she had pig nose cutie number four. Pig-nosed cutie, number four. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, they found that one in the catalog, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Page 45. Uh, right, right, right next to John there, whatever the yeah. fuck his name was. Yeah, I think they 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 probably cut a bunch of scenes with her. that I. six. Thank you, Jake. Uh, I think she was supposed to have some more scenes where, like, firstly in that how she immediately apologizes or, like, you know, yeah, gets, gets really back abrupt. on Kirk's side. Like, oh, I forgive you for killing my dad. But also there was originally supposed to be a a confrontation between her and, and her dad, Finney. I kind of figured, because they made a whole big deal about Cogley going to get her. Or, like, yeah. he's got to an, on an errand. And then we just find out in a voiceover that seemed to have been hastily done because mm. it doesn't have the usual like filter effect of a voiceover the show usually does where it's just like, Cogley had gone off to get his daughter to have her on board so they could maybe talk. And it's like, but then that doesn't happen. And you're just like, there was a scene cut, wasn't there? Yeah. And then five minutes later, sobbing and beaten by my mighty pecs, Finney <laughs> told me how to fix the ship. You're just like, again. I feel like we're cutting corners here for time. Yeah, and I do... They could have cut most... They could have cut the entire, like, fight scene, the entire shirt-ripping, stunt-double-jumping fight scene. No, we we needed that. That was necessary. All right, if if Caitlin needed it. Watch the fight closely, (laughs) listeners. Uh, The stuntman, when the shirt rips, winds up with the collar in his mouth. (laughs) And clearly the poor bastard was like, I can't stop this. I probably have this one shirt. We have to run with this. And he desperately shakes his head trying to get the collar oh. out of his mouth. It's like it's like a dog that's gotten wound up in yes. its own leash. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, yeah, we could have cut that fight I short. Would, I that, a dramatic be... confrontation between father and daughter. Exactly, that's what I would have preferred. That would have been, that, yeah, that would have been more dramatic. It would have been a more emotional release for, for, fin, for Finley? Finney? Finney. Finney. To like, instead of, oh no, my daughter, how could you? Or what's the line that you love, Caitlin? <gasps> Why would you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? And he like punches a wall. <laughs> it is the best. Like I can't believe you've done this. It was such a golden moment. Like uh, I loved it. That was like my favorite part of the whole also, episode. Also, this show is really anti-Irish. Can I just say this? Like Finney's a psychopath. Finney was Irish. Riley, I assume Finney's a Finney. pretty Irish surname. Yeah. Yeah. It does so Finney's Irish. a psycho. You know, Riley's a dick, and fucking Finnegan oh. is you know like. God damn! Oh, Jimmy! Oh, hidey, hidey, it's a good thing. Oh, Jimmy! Jimmy! 
Americans have a fight. Represent that not all of the Irish are, are awful. Some of them are just fucking horn dog egotists. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I like to think maybe maybe Roddenberry had a bad experience with an Irishman at some point. Although we do have Vulcanian back. Yeah. Yep. That's that's back in yeah, like, I mean, the Yeah, I mean they made several references. I'm wondering where this episode falls in the production order because mm. it doesn't have oh, Sulu, true. it doesn't have Scotty. Well, it makes sense that they don't have Sulu. If this was meant to be the follow up to the Naked Time? Or was that the no, other no, that was the other one. one. Was and he was in that one quite a bit. Damn it! I was gonna say maybe he was recuperating, but I take it mm. back. Sorry, Jake, go on. Yeah, so I mean I wonder if this is an early early produced episode. Um because it does seem to not feature a number of characters that yeah. later are. are I haven't. Realized. I haven't been writing down all of the production order ones. Yeah, I did notice too. The shirt the barman wears in this one. Oh, I didn't even look at the barman. Is later recycled for the barman at a space station K five or whatever it is in trouble with triple. It also looked. It also looked like the set may have been, if not completely reused. But I don't know. I remember when we walked into the bar being like. That looks suspicious. Like, like the, the entry, they definitely, bar. if it is the same one, the entry door was moved to the yeah, other they, side. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it could be the same bar. It's definitely the same shirt. Yeah. Because I, I googled the barman from Trouble with Tribbles because I was like, I am pretty sure that's the same shirt. I also noticed that our favorite fabric makes another return. The fabric used oh, in, the yeah, yeah. Naked, in the Naked Time space, space suits. suits. In and in, in the bed and the sheets in sick bay and now on the witness chair yep. in the uh, is that what that was? Room. Oh, yeah, I loved that chair. Yeah. It was the same. You know, it's the same chair that we see all the time. That's usually on a leather back. Yeah, but this t- a leather back and, and cushion. But this one had the special fabric. Very yeah. nice. Starfleet Starfleet's red gold. Mm. <laughs> So so nice. The so luxurious. The, the set decorating department's gotten so just, much mileage out of that. You look at it, and you can just tell it's so itchy. Yeah, <laughs> probably asbestos. <laughs> oh, that shower curtain stuff. Oh God, can we talk about speaking of the witness chair? Yeet me, yeet me, the what? Fucking, what was she? She was like the personnel manager? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. personnel there was a woman. officer. She Almost, doesn't get a name for No, and all crazy. she says is yes ma'am, yes, but it yes. comes to like, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I like how when she's leaving, she like mouths an apology to Kirk. I'm so sorry. Oh, I missed that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she did. That's clever. I like that. How would she have said that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes ma'am. Like really, they just had, like, I don't know if that was her real voice or just like, because I feel like that's almost like a stereotypical mid-century sort of secretary's voice. And there's like, all right, we want you to not talk normal. Talk like you're an operator. What? <laughs> no, yeah, trust yes, us. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, not like that. No, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Jesus. Whatever. Go with it. Roll with it. We, we're behind schedule. Just say yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, oh, God. That fucking scene. I, I loved... I was oh, sorry. Ahead. No, I was sad that she didn't get a name when they named every single other person in the room who didn't even get a fucking line. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this guy gets a, gets a name, and this guy gets a name, but you, personal office. Well, listen, we already had a woman attorney. Let's not fucking get... Guys, <laughs> yeah. you want a named woman character that we'll never see again? Ames, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, the, the other problem it is, is... too bad, because that would have passed the Bechdel test. Yid me him. Oh, they were talking about close. They were talking about men. Son of a bitch, you're right. Never well, it, it, it's, the other problem is all the writers were in the room just like, shit, what's a, what's an Asian name other than Sulu? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Uh, 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 shit, we can't name her. We, we blew our wad on all the, all the vaguely Latino-sounding names. <laughs> on Martinez. And the Everyone's other name is Pablo. All of them. 
<laughs> no, Pablo? Was it Pablo that no, we had love? Uh, no, Diego? We'll just, have, we'll just have to get him his peppers, that's all. Oh, <laughs> get those peppers. No, they they, they, they did both chilies. have the same first name, though. Both both the yeah. star commander and the yeah, yeah, base they, commodore. They blew their load on the one Latino first name that they knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. They, they meant well, but it was 50 years ago. Well, that's the thing. I'm like actually kind of glad that they didn't name her, because I'm just picturing... Oh, yeah. Something would have been horrible. Bad. Or again, yes. they would have called her Sulu again. Yeah. yeah. He had a sister. Actually, in the yes, maybe comics, that's Sulu's wife, maybe. But in, actually, in the comics for the because she's Asian, yeah, Ooh. fucking racist. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> if they were gonna give, okay, let's be real. If they were I gonna know, give I Sulu know, a wife, I know. I, know. I just no, wanted to bust your nuts. In, I don't really in the in the comics for the Kelvin timeline, actually, though, Sulu does have a younger sister, and she is Section Thirty One. Ooh, yeah. I haven't read them myself. I just read about them. But what does that mean? Yeah, what is it? It's a spy agency. Yeah. We'll get to oh, it in DS9. Okay. So she was in deep fucking cover. Admiral Robocop worked for. <laughs> yes, Admiral Robocop and, and yeah. Uh, oh, God. Speaking of Admiral Robocop, one of my notes here, Dr. Smoothie. Uh, when oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Smoothie, that was like, great. All, all my old oh, friends oh. look like doctors. All his old friends look like you. And I was like. Oh, Bones. You're okay, fair enough. I, that, fair enough. Listen, listen. She's a very good lawyer. You think they call me Bones because I'm a Sawbones? <laughs> Dude, I would have hit it. Did you guys notice his fucking sexy-ass pinky ring that he was wearing while on no. the witness stand? I missed that. Doc is a fucking just fashion icon. Wow. I love him. We also find out in this episode why they don't need their uh, own separate ship's counselor. Because apparently not only is he an oh, yeah. MD, he's also a space shrink. <laughs> Yeah. They do specify psychiatry. Even though they had they've had a psychologist on board. They had Dana a million years ago. Yeah, yeah. but now it's like fuck it, it's all one well, thing. Well it's not yeah, you know she it's... got hurt. She got shit in her eyes and <laughs> got foil in her eyes. And because it's killed. It's pretty typical, honestly. It's like, well, we could hire someone else, or we could just make you do their job without giving you a, a promotion or any more money. Mm. So guess what, Doc? Well, I mean, plus keep in mind, just in fiction in general, but I mean especially in the nineteen sixties, I feel like. If you were one kind of scientist, you were every kind of scientist. So this is like that. It's like you're a medical, you're like you're a physician, but you're also a psychiatrist. You're also a psychologist. You're probably also a viral pathologist mm-hmm. in this and that and the other thing. So it, it's, he definitely was. He's always synthesizing cures for all this exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he's super doctor. Here, here's another question. Like Doc got the heart canceller outer at the end. That he, microphone? The, 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 microphone. Mi- the microphone that takes your heartbeat out of out of the sound relay that's playing. Yeah. And somehow while we're hearing, you know, all the sounds that are happening on the ship and we're only listening to heartbeats. Because apparently there's like no one's stomach was rumbling or anything, yeah. and yet when like Kirk talks, he's it's talking not, normally. It's not like yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think of that. That, that <laughs> I just now I just love the idea though that they're all sitting there. You hear like, <laughs> and then you hear Penny's voice. Oh my god! I wish I'd stolen something other than beans from their. <laughs> oh. It's like, oh, well, god. we found Finny, but this is horrible. <laughs> we don't want to go in there. What was great um, was that when we were watching this, we were watching this, and we were watching the heartbeat come out, and they're like, that must be Finny. And I looked at Chris, and I was like, yeah, or there was one guy who was still trying to take a dump after they ordered everybody to get off the ship. They, like, bust into the bathroom, and they're just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to go to the bathroom, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's how they introduced Chekhov. <laughs> Hello. Aww. I, I, I had to leave some potatoes for the borscht. Oh, God. Aww. That's just That doesn't make any sense. 
don't think, think there are potatoes. potatoes it's beets you're Ooh. thinking of. Uh, He's taking a turn. I guys. should probably cut this out, but I probably won't. Yep. Um, I've noticed you do that. Yeah, <laughs> I like the bad jokes. Yes. Hello. Finny. Poor Finny. Yes, crazy Finny. So crazy. Another case, though, of, you know. Thanks, <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know what I was thinking? Sorry to like take it no. back to your psychi- psychology and medical doctor too. Is that one? Think about the state of health, mental health now. Mm. And then think about the state of mental health fifty years ago. Like most people's mental health check of the year ever yeah. is their doctor saying, "Have you had any depression? Any sadness? How are you doing?" That's it. So and like then the really, response he is. The response to yes would have been, well, depression's for communists. Smile! <laughs> well, in the 60s, yeah. That's absolutely. what I mean. So, <laughs> That's a good even, point. He didn't even have a separate degree for that. It was a one-day course. Yeah, Are you sad? Was... Yes? Slapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it was an online certificate he got. That's that's a fair point. <laughs> he went to the Dennis Leary School. Doctor, I'm not feeling so. Shut the fuck up next! <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Oh, fuck. Deary, anyway. Deary. But mental health is important, guys. It is. Anyway. Especially for Finney. Finney, Jesus Poor Christ. Finney. So, so another example, though, of Star Trek doing a great job. I, I said this a while ago. It seems like whenever they need to hire someone to look nuts, they really nail it. Like, yeah. Finney here looks like, he looks like a first draft of Willem Dafoe. <laughs> well, wait till we get to the Doomsday Machine. Oh, that's episode. true. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the commander, I think he's yeah. a Commodore. Deckard or Deckard. Yeah, Deckard. Yeah. No relation to future Enterprise Captain Deckard, as far as I know. Everyone's related in space, That's too. true. <laughs> we were talking about that last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember. But yeah, no, he just, just looked fucking nuts. Uh, it was, was, was very good. And, well, because he had really light blue eyes, and he was doing like a really good job of like... They say that the difference between like looking normal and looking crazy is showing white above your iris. <laughs> and he was rocking the white above his iris. Dear God. And just his teeth and his face. Oh, he was a terror. And honestly, I think you insult Willem Dafoe, but it, it really... I said first it was, draft. It was very like Green Goblin-esque. There was similar sort of gauntness in the high cheekbones yeah. and the mad eyes. Yeah. I never told you how much I hate the Green Goblin in that movie. Uh, no, but I'd love to hear it. Okay. To me, so, I, I don't know who came up with the costume design for the Green Goblin. An idiot. Let's move An on. An idiot. <laughs> but it reminds me, it reminded me so much of those, of the overly exaggerated <laughs> villains on Power Rangers. Yes! Oh my god, I was just thinking that. Well, like, that's, that's because he's just like... Well, that's because he had to. Part of the reason they do the sort of the really exaggerated movements in Power Rangers and things like that is because they know that the audience has no expression to work off of. Right. I mean, I'm sure also, yeah, probably because it might be also tied into the Kabuki tradition. I'm not an expert in that field. Feel free to correct me. But I'm sure at least part of it is that and Willem Dafoe had to do the same thing because he knows being, you know, a competent actor, like, they can't see my face. I need to do something to get emotion across. Okay, but in V for Vendetta, Hugo oh, yeah. Hugo Weaving yeah, was able to convey so much without being a herky-jerky, fucking, poorly articulated action figure. True. Yeah. You could argue he's a subtler character, but, though. But go on, Yeah, I don't know. Everybody always talks about the, the first Spider-Man movie, like... Oh, that was such a great film. And I just, I hate that movie. I just hate it so much. It's actually pretty good aside from the Green Goblin, but that's kind of a problem. I also don't like, I'm not crazy about the kid that played Tobey Maguire. Maguire in, in that part. Have you seen The Amazing Spider-Man? No. Well, let me just tell you that if you ever want to really appreciate how 
good question mark the original Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire were watch the amazing Spider-Man Ugh. it is an atrocity yeah, I've, heard, I've heard I've not heard good things I've not heard good things alright well that we got there from Willem Dafoe I think so yeah <laughs> yeah how do we get back from Willem Dafoe smoothly that we don't we just have to go just uh, well actually because we've been talking about Willem Dafoe and this guy I'm wondering if this guy would look as good in drag as Willem Dafoe did in the Boondock Saints mmm because there's no, something no, about that won't. really weird, like that that gauntness and those cheekbones that really work. So I'm wondering if Finny, like, if Finny had it to do over again, might he have dressed as a female member of um, and tried the crew? to seduce Kirk? Oh my God! Oh, somehow that would, that would be way better. Mm, the Boondock Saints. Sorry, I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking about that movie. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you hate that movie. I, mm. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually no. I really like that movie, and then I turned fifteen. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think that movie is like a, it. It's a juvenile wet dream of, of like I don't know. I, I, I don't. Know. I haven't actually, honestly. I haven't seen that movie probably since I was fifteen. But when I think about watching it again, I'm just like, eh, oh, it's so it's so testosterone-y. It definitely. You can Testosterone s- sounds like a really bad. Oh, sounds fan, like Chef Boyardee. Pasta dish. Beefaroni <laughs> <laughs> and testosterone. Oh, you know, definitely. It definitely was brutal. <laughs> wow. If you don't think about it too much, it's 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 fun. You know, you get. To, I mean, Willem Dafoe does some great work. The accents are deplorable. And, uh, you know, you can tell whoever wrote it really likes Frank Miller. Uh, really? It's Frank we, Miller and Tarantino. Yeah. We well, are so a lot of, off topic, guys. That's it's true. It's good to be off topic sometimes. It is, but I haven't seen most of these movies. <gasps> oh my well, god, well, we'll have to fix that. We should watch. We should, we, if you haven't seen Boondock Saints, we should watch that. Yeah, the, the list of movies I haven't seen is miles and miles long. Oh, mine too. People are always like, you've never seen The Godfather? Oh yeah, Jake does like, that to yeah, me nope, whenever, whenever any movie comes up. I hmm. swear, you haven't seen any movie. I have seen no movies. No movies. I have seen exactly zero know what a have movie you seen, is. Have you seen Star Trek Insurrection? <laughs> no. Good. I'm sorry that you're going to have to someday. <laughs> That's good. Project. I actually like Insurrection. Really? Uh, of the TNG movies, it is my second favorite. Okay. I mean, I mean, when you look at the competition, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anything else about Court Martial? I have this very weird tangent. I don't know. The only other thing that I, that I noted specifically is... Uh, the the orbits are fucking decaying in five so minutes. So quickly! Was that because, did, did Finney do that, or was it just going to decay in five minutes no matter what? Well, they had said there was a chance of it decaying because they turned off the power. Yeah, because they, like they kicked the whole crew off and it was just running on autopilot. It decayed faster than it should have, I think, because of what Finney yeah, did. Finney it seemed to be the implication. I thought he just did a bypass Fuck or something. Finney. I didn't. Something to do with it looks like yeah. Power. I like and I like how when Kirk's like ah we can fix this and he goes into the Jeffrey's room and he's just yanking that, cords. Exactly what yeah, Caitlin said. I was like, it's like he's probably never done this. It's just he's like, just going in there like operation, <laughs> just grabbing shit. Just I mean, oh, well, this ought to fix it. It's like what the fuck are you doing? That's when you beam Scotty back up yeah. and say there was no time. There's enough. Time. It would have taken three seconds to beam Scorty, Scorty, Scotty. Scorty. <laughs> That's that's Scotty's sister, Scorty. Scorts. Um. Oh, we've broken Chris again. Uh, go on. Uh, so, any 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 final thoughts on this? 
I don't. I mean, think I think I personally. So. There were some misfires. There was some weirdness, but overall, I think I liked it as an episode. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Oh, I liked. Uh, I liked. Uh, I liked Tinfoil Hat Cogley or whatever the fuck his name was. I did, the, the 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 Luddite angle was kind of weird. Oh my god, how obsessed was she with him? Oh, it's been ages. How long has it been? It's been four years, seven months, and an odd number of days. Jesus Christ. Uh, you, Kirk, run. You know. And she's the fucking prosecutor on the other yeah. side. Fucking run away, Kirk. And she not... comes up and requests a kiss. Oh, that was that was that was a breach of protocol. Yeah. <laughs> when they're when they're asking if Kirk feels like anyone there might have any prejudice against him, I feel like, you know, well, no, but to be fair. She and I used to fuck. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of prejudiced her for me. So, I mean, just an interest of fairness. But of course he wouldn't. He's Kirk. He's a cheater. I mean, it does show Ooh. that she is a consummate professional, that she did not let her feelings for Kirk interfere with her vigorous prosecution. It's true. true. She was... Although, again, she did warn him some of the angles and recommended a lawyer. Yeah, a weird lawyer. Yeah, but a lawyer. Yeah, he was he was supposed to be like a really good lawyer, she said, but he didn't do fucking anything until we learned that the computer was weird. Well, that's yeah. that's and then Spock did the work. Yeah, Spock did that work. Yeah. And and now Clarence he's, Darrow, he was not. He's and no now he's going to be representing Finney and expects to win. Yeah, Finney's in deep shit. No, he shit. said he expects <laughs> to win. I he know. expected to win with Kirk, and he had nothing. He's going <laughs> to he's going to plead insanity. Yeah, yeah, that's, and that's it. That's his only chance. Well, I think that guy considers going to a mental colony and not a penal colony to be a win. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know that penal colonies. You know, there are they are gonna do experiments on your brain. Yeah, yeah. With with jello molds. Oh god. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I liked that uh that Commodore Stone had an ensuite teleporter in yeah. his in his That's office. true, he did. That that r- r- rank has his privileges. I guess so. Yeah. He could beam two people in at once and yeah. two pads. Pretty nice. Or was... two kegs if he wanted to just, you know, yeah, have a yeah. bitch and raver. He was a very Ranger. regal, like lionly looking man. I was yeah. like, I was very impressed with how just he was just very. I don't have a word, but regal. I guess regal is what I mean. He Even just had this look the about HD him of power. Version, he had very like remarkably smooth skin. I noticed. Yeah, like, he did have nice skin. Like, they either they foundation of the shit out of him or something, but he had really nice skin. Did you say that they overdid? You pointed this out, Chris. They overdid Bones's eyeshadow in this episode a little bit. Hmm. They were probably just trying to offset the glam of his. Yeah. Well, the 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 personnel uh, director, the personnel officer on the Enterprise. I don't know if you noticed, her eyeliner was like major. Oh yeah, with that that nice light blue. No, that was cute. (laughs) But no, she also had like the the pencil line like way Mm. out. Yeah, it kind of just kept going. That's probably a stylistic choice. And or the person doing makeup does not have fucking it was, deal with it. It was the makeup the that they do yeah. on white people in the Mikado, yeah. is yeah. what it was. Oh. Yeah. yeah, kind of. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, awkward. <laughs> 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 All right, well, if uh, does anyone else have any final thoughts? I got nothing. I think we've we've very much covered it. All right, well, thank you all very much for joining us for uh, episode 11. Please tune in next week when we are covering the return of the Archons and what has retroactively become one of the most important episodes in series history, Space Seed. Ooh. I'm excited uh, about Space Seed. Yeah, no, it's 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 um it's super consequential and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yay. Uh, as always, please do find our Facebook page to start to steer her by. We have links to our SoundCloud and our iTunes and some uh, some Tumblr articles we've written. Uh, we're also on Twitter at SSHB Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Chris. 
Caitlin. Ames. And I'm Jake. Thank you for listening. And always spay and neuter your corn. <laughs> <laughs>